Hey, I'm Maddie Savage, and you're listening to season two of The Stockholmer, introducing you to the Swedish capital's most innovative people and projects. The Stockholmer. They're very eco-friendly to grow, and also they're extremely nutritious. We can call them creepy crawlies, but in a lot of countries, they're actually normal food. That's Josephine Strömberg, who quit her job in politics to launch a startup selling insects. She says they'll keep you healthy and help save the planet. The Stockholmer. Thank you for joining us, Josephine. We're at your office in Östermalm, just north of the city centre. And your business is about getting us to eat creepy crawlies, basically. On paper, that doesn't sound too appetizing to me. So fill us in a bit more. So we started reading about insects as food in 2013 when the UN released a report about the global food problems and water shortages. And they stated that in 80% of the world's countries, people already eat insects. So it seems very exotic and we we can call them creepy crawlies, but in a lot of countries, they're actually... Uh, normal food like chicken or beef or whatever we think is normal here that's insects are normal in in a lot of countries and the UN states that um, the western countries should eat more insects not just because um, it's fun but because they're one of the most environmental friendly protein sources in the world and some researchers even say that they're more environmentally friendly than vegetarian protein sources like soy so they're very eco-friendly to grow And also, they're extremely nutritious. So, for example, I have a bag of cricket flour here. It's actually 68% protein in this bag. And you can see it just looks like a a brown flour. And uh, that way, people don't feel that they're eating insects. And you can use this when you're making a falafel, for example. You can put some cricket flour in it to really boost the protein source. Or um, pancakes or bread or whatever you want. You can just kind of mix it up with... Uh, with something else. You mentioned sustainability and that's another real buzzword at the moment particularly here in Stockholm where a lot of the tech scene seems to be working on small solutions to try and reach the UN development goals but I think for a lot of people it's still quite an abstract concept particularly when it comes to food. So give us the sell like give us the sell on on what sustainability is in in connection with your product. So I think a lot of people have heard the debate on how bad for the environment meat is. And there are two basic reasons for that. The first is how extremely um, or how much water is required to produce meat, both for cows, chicken and, and pigs and all the types of meat we eat, but also how much space they require. So cows are big animals. They live for quite a long time. And um, cows, like a lot of other animals we eat, they uh, produce a lot of methane, for example, and that's uh, very bad for the environment. One of the very interesting things with rearing insects is that they take up very, very little space. But I also want to mention uh, about the sustainability that insects also almost don't emit any greenhouse gases, almost no methane. And there have been tests in France where there was so little greenhouse gas emissions that they couldn't pick it up. A lot of this data isn't brand new. 
You mentioned the the UN coming back in 2013 with with its findings on uh, eating insects, but a, a lot of the other stuff you've talked about, methane, greenhouse gases, the health benefits of protein, we've known all that for ages. So why is no one doing this already? There are You've got a couple of rivals around the world, but why is this only really coming to our attention now? Or let me answer it this way. Along with the fact that the world has become more and more, more and more globalized, I think we've seen that food is becoming more and more international. Um, sushi came to Los Angeles in the 90s in the US and then a few years later or 10 years later it came to Sweden and at the beginning when sushi came to Sweden it was really odd to eat raw fish uh, but now you know there's a sushi place in every corner in every in every western country and I think the same thing is going to happen to insects the health and the eco part is very trendy right now and I think we're only going to see that growing a highly innovative idea and you have been recognized for this in Sweden you've had a lot of attention there's one big leading business uh, magazine here in Sweden Veckens Affera you were number three on its annual list of young innovators is that right yes. and then also the Swedish business organization mm-hmm. Foratagana named you one of Sweden's top 103 most promising entrepreneurs for your work but there is a big issue in the fact that even though the UN has said that it can see the nutritional and the sustainability benefits to this. It's actually illegal in Sweden. Yeah, it is illegal in Sweden so far. The rule is that if there's a food that hasn't been consumed in the U- or in the European Union before the, I think it's the 15th of May 1997, it can't be consumed after if you don't go through a very rigid uh, legalization process. First, we got an accept. They said to us, yes, you can sell this. But after a few weeks, they, didn't, they weren't quite sure if they had interpreted the law correctly. Um, so they told us that we had to stop. This must have been pretty crushing for you as an entrepreneur, that you've, you've developed this product, you've won all of these innovation awards, and you're doing it in a city here in Stockholm, which adores ecological foods, where there's a huge local, um, locally sourced movement, raw foods, vegan scene. So there's potentially a huge market for you here in, in Stockholm. Definitely. Uh, yeah, that was really crushing. So we, when we first launched, we got a lot of customers just in a few weeks. And we were really happy because we did this a very bootstrapping way. We didn't fund it in any way. We just put this on a website. But we got really good reviews and everybody loved it, both the idea, but also the taste. And they thought it was easy to cook with. So to get this uh, message that we weren't allowed to sell it anymore was really crushing because we had such a flow going on. But I mean, we took a couple of weeks and we thought about our options. And the fact is that in Europe, different countries have interpreted these food laws differently. So in a lot of countries like France, uh, Britain, uh, the Netherlands and Belgium, just to name a few, Germany also, I think, insects are actually legal. So right now we have a Dutch company and now I'm traveling back and forth a bit. The perk of that is that we reach a greater audience in a way. Um, So we've sold to Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Finland, the Netherlands. We just sold to Latvia, Germany, uh, France and England. So we've sold to nine countries, I think that is. So so, pe- so people in Sweden can still get it. It just arrives in the post. Yeah, it's still, it's legal. Even if a food isn't legal to sell in Sweden, it's legal to buy it from another country up to two kilos per order. 
The European Food Safety Authority published an initial report last year and and they talked about how it depends how the insects are reared and how they're processed and some of the chemical environmental hazards. So how are you checking that your crickets are are reared in the best possible way? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think this is really interesting, but it's this goes for all foodstuffs. I mean, even if it's soy that you're growing or if it's bread that you're making or if it's uh, chickens that you're selling, it all depends. If it's safe or not, depends on how the process is. So we contacted a third uh, hygiene company that we made sure uh, to test our partner production facility uh, and make sure that it complies with all European uh, safety standards. I mean, I think that's the standard way of doing it in the, the food business. And that's what we've done also. You worked in politics before, you'd worked in Brussels before, you'd worked at local municipalities here in Sweden. So what was the journey from having that light bulb moment of reading about this UN's report to actually quitting your job and and doing this full time? Yeah, I was in politics for 10 years and I thought that that was going to be my career path. But then as a politician, I was uh, speaking a lot about, you know, the the role of entrepreneurs and, and business people in our society and how important they are. And then I thought to myself, well, if I think this is so important, if I think it's so important for people to start companies and test new ideas and innovate and do stuff, why don't I do it? And so I did. And then uh, my colleague pitched this idea to me. And I thought to myself, this is crazy, but it's also a lot of fun. I mean, who does that? Who tries to make insects something for people to eat? But if we if we were to succeed, that would just be an amazing feeling. So where do you see this going and where do you see yourself going? If you had a crystal ball and you could look five years into the future? In five years, I think we have at least like between like 50 and 100 products based on cricket flower or even other types of insects. Our goal is just to keep continue to keep on creating recipes um, so that it's very easy to consume insects because right now you have to make something with your this flower and I think that's kind of people are interested but some of them don't really like being in the kitchen too much Mm, so I was going to say that as well I mean especially here in Sweden this health movement is coming in at exactly the same time as a huge competition in terms of food delivery Mm. huge competition in terms of ready-made more healthy meals because people are getting busier they want to prioritize other things in their life rather than sitting over a stove and making something out of a different kind of flour. Exactly. I think we see the food trends going two ways. One is the make it yourself, like the sourdough bread, the pulled pork, you know, everything that takes a lot of time. And on the other other hand, it's the to-go movement. You know, you want something really ha- healthy, but to go. But yeah, we want to create products that are ready to eat, basically. And your legacy, you're always going to be the girl that try to persuade everyone to eat insects. Are you comfortable with that? Definitely, yeah. I'm trying to label myself as a cricket queen. So I'd be very happy if in 10 years, if I moved on for this, from this, that people know me as a cricket queen. So thank you to Josephine Strömberg, the cricket queen. You heard it here first. Thank you. You've been listening to The Stockholmer. If you enjoyed the show, please post something on Facebook or Twitter or give us a shout out on Instagram. The podcast is an independent production by Maddie Savage. Support for this episode came from Craft Academy. Thanks to Benoit Derrière for production assistance, our PR team, Hype United, Simeon Ghost for permission to use their music and Richard Stevens for designing our logo. Mm-hmm.